This is the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so excited you're here. Today's message is called, What Are You Talking About? Where Pastor CJ points out that whatever is dear to your heart, you're going to talk about. Our testimonies are meant to encourage others and highlight the one who has brought us through the test. Are you letting God speak through you? We hope you enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We are, we are excited today. We're going to have an opportunity today to share uh, about our missions trip. For those that are new here today, we went on a missions trip. There was 28 of us that went on a missions trip uh, to Mexico, and we were excited about what God did there. But before we go into what I'm going to share about here in a minute, I want to say thank you for someone very, very special that put this together. Uh, that they they, uh, they were there for seven years, they worked there for seven years, they uh, ministered there for seven years, and they know this place like hand and glove. And so because they knew it so well, it was so easy to go on this trip because they knew every detail of what was going to take place there in Mexico. But those are Quinn and Lisa. Will you stand? They, they are awesome. Thank you so much for what you guys have done. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Do you got anything you want to say? No? Uh, but thank you for putting it together. Thank you. Those two worked there where we went in Mexico, and uh, it was exciting. I want to share briefly before we show this video, and then the people will come up and, and uh, speak about their experiences there in Mexico. But if you have your Bibles, it will be on the screen. In Matthew 28, Jesus has given us a great commission. And here's the amazing thing about these verses of Scripture. This is after Jesus has been crucified. This was after Jesus has rose from the dead. Jesus comes back and he appears to the disciples. So these are his last words that he speaks to his disciples. And how many of you know that you always speak what is dear to your heart? You know what I'm saying? What is dear to your heart, you're always going to speak it out. So if something is like maybe your grandkids, like are mine, are dear to my heart, I'm going to talk about my grandkids. If you're going to talk about your kids, maybe maybe they're in sports, and so maybe they won the championship, and so they won the championship, you're going to talk about that because that's dear to your heart, watching your son or your daughter just accomplish that achievement, winning the championship, and so on and so forth. So you're going to always talk about what's dear to your heart. So here's Jesus now coming back on the scene, and he's appearing to the disciples. And what he's doing there, he's talking about what is dear to his heart. And here's what is dear to his heart. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of of all nations. So in other words, what he's saying, after he comes back, Barb, and he resurrects and he goes and he ascends and he shows himself to the disciples, You want to say, hey, welcome, man. It's good to see you. Just like anybody else, like when you're visiting with family and you're reuniting, like, hey, Pastor Carolyn, it's great to see you. Man, I love you. I missed you, man, for those times that I was in the grave. And you would have thought that those were the things that Jesus would have said. But you know what Jesus said? He was so focused on what was dear to his heart. And what was dear to his heart was this, go and make disciples. Disciples of what? Of like faith. That people have like faith, that were Christians, believers, that were walking the life out for Christ. And he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now watch what he says. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So you see what was dear to Jesus' heart? Even though Jesus was crucified, he was very res- put in the tomb, and he rose on the third day, and then he reappeared to his disciples. Instead of saying, hey, Pastor Carol, it's great to see you, what he said was, Lucy, go and make disciples. 
Because Jesus knew the importance of what it was that God didn't want any to perish. And the reason that he doesn't want any to perish is because we serve a jealous God. God loves you. And he doesn't want anyone to perish and he doesn't want anyone to be lost on his side. He wants us all to win. And the way we win is by knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So what Jesus said, listen, go and make disciples. So he says, this is the great commission. And he sends us out. So he says to every one of us, go and make disciples. Don't just be on your blessed assurance. Don't just sit there and don't do anything, but go and make disciples. So he says, Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, he says, those that win souls will shine like the stars forevermore. I don't know about you, but how many want to shine for God? You see, we got all these Hollywood people that got their stars on the Hollywood Broadway, the walk there in Hollywood. And they got their star there, and they got their name on there. But you know what's really crazy about that? I've been there. And you know, a lot of times, people just walk over that star. Man, they drop gum on that star. They, they do a lot of things on that star. Maybe even get angry at that star because they don't like that movie star or that, that person that's on that sidewalk. And they get walked on. But you know what? Our star never fades out with God. That when we win to somebody to the Lord, we have our own star. We have the star of Jesus Christ in our lives that is a reflection of those that we win to the Lord. So Jesus says, listen, I've got to give you a responsibility. And what is dear to my heart is that you go out and tell others about me. But then when Jesus says that, he doesn't leave us empty-handed. I mean, you know, a lot of times what happens is when we, God sends us, we get afraid. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says these words. Now watch this. But you will receive power. So in other words, he says, listen, I'm not going to send you, Bill or Barb, empty-handed. God doesn't just send you without equipping you. God equips you, and then he sends you, and he empowers you to do that which he's called you to do. So he says, listen, I'm not sending you without tools. You can't be a mechanic and have, not have a wrench. Otherwise, Murray, you're not going to be able to fix the car or whatever, or my snowmobile, which I just found out is worse than, it, than I thought it was. So... Thank you, Mark, for telling me that just before I preach. Amen. Man. Wow. That's a good news to preach before you preach. Amen. I'm going to get you. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I expect the miracle. But you know what? But he says, listen, I don't send you out empty-handed. How many know that's good? Amen. Isn't that a good feeling that God just doesn't leave you empty-handed? But he says, but you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you. So if that you have your Bibles put where it says you, put your name there. He's referring to you, that I'm going to empower you or equip you or prepare you to do that which I call you to do. And then he goes on to say, watch this, I love this. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Witnesses means that you will be my witness or my example of who I am. So you are my hands and my feet. You are going to be a representation of me. You ever heard that saying like father like son? So a lot of times what happens with the father or the mother like daughter is what happens a lot of times if our kids act up, what happens is we get more embarrassed a lot of times because of what people think. Oh, my kid's acting up. So because my kid's acting up, what are they going to think about me? And so we get all worked up about that. So we get embarrassed that my kids are acting up, and we take that on as a reflection of us. That man, I must not have raised my kids right, or I must not have did right, and I must have been a rotten parent. And we always put all this heap our condemnation and guilt on us because we think because what our kids are doing that's a reflection of me, and what are people going to think of me? But you know what? What do you think about Jesus? Jesus says that we are His witnesses. 
the dead, we, we are the example of Christ. And the way we portray Christ is how we're showing the character of Christ. So it's important that we show who really Christ is in our lives, that the people see the difference in our lives. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 14, 2, that we are peculiar and different people. How do we become different? We become different because of the light of Christ that's in us. And therefore, what's in us, I'm going to reflect it out of me so that people may see and they witness Jesus through me. So he says, you'll be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what he's saying, he says, I'm going to send you, but when I send you in Acts 1, I'm not going to send you powerless or empty-handed, but I'm going to equip you and to prepare you to do what I've called you to do. You see, the Bible says, I'm not going to let no donkey talk in my place. Amen? God, how many of you, God used a donkey? Because he wanted to show that, listen, don't go past this gate. The donkey was saying, don't go past the gate. In other words, he used the donkey to be the voice to tell a warning. And you know what? The Bible says in Romans, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And then he says, how can they hear unless they have not heard? And how can they believe what they have not heard? And so he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So God gives us a responsibility, and that responsibility is to bring good news to those who are walking hopelessly. And so what's the good news? The good news is this. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19, I love what he says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. In other words, that God, through your relationship with Jesus, through you telling others about Jesus, you're going to reconcile, which means making things right, making things right. Repentance means right standing with God, that I'm walking in repentance and I'm in right standing with God. I've did an about face. I turn my back on the world and I'm walking forward with Christ. But how am I going to do an about face? I'm going to do an about face by someone sharing with me the good news so that me having the opportunity to accept it and not only to accept it but to receive it and then not to apply it to my life. To accept it, receive it, and apply it to my life. So I'm going to accept it. I'm going to tell Marilyn about it, or she's going to tell me. I'm going to accept it, and I'm going to receive it. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it about face. And I'm going to believe it, but how can they do that if we aren't sent? If we're not sent? You know, I was amazed when I was a youth pastor, I did a research on rap. How many like rap music? Man, when I, when I was growing up, I think I, I invented rap. Uh, I, I, I kid you not. I, I kid you not. We 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 uh, lived on the lake shore of Lake Michigan, and my friend and I, Calvin Hudson, and I would carry around. We couldn't play. This is no kidding, Monty. We couldn't play a lick, but we carry around a guitar like Jeremiah's, a folk guitar like Jeremiah's, and we couldn't play it. But what we would do is we would tip it over, and on the back side of the of the guitar, we used it as kind of like bongos. And so when we would be doing our B.C. days, when I was doing my B.C. days, there on the lake shores of Mich Lake Michigan, we made up raps. And one was deep in the city, people live in the streets. They got to be careful of everyone you meet. They're looping, they're shooting people, sapping and grabbing. Isn't it a pity because you live in the city? No big deal how you really feel. You got to survive. And then right next door was little old man. I saw him eating dog food out of a can. He said, I can't afford meat, but I got to eat. I barely can stand on my own two feet. Hey, 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 hey. But you know what? The reason why I tell you that is this. The reason why, 
and that's my neighborhood. But, but that is my neighborhood. But you know why I tell you that? It's because you know what the origin of rap came from? The origin of rap, if you study rap, it came from in the inner courts of Africa in tribes. And what happened, this is no kidding, seriously. What it came from, Quinn, is this. It came in from the inner courts of Africa and tribes and different things that people were using that to find a God. And that's really where a lot of this, the origin of rap came from. You can study it or check it out. And what they were doing is no matter where they were in these tribes and they were in these desolate places isolated from God, they knew that there was a sense of God, so they would use rap or like a seance kind of thing to worship a God. Because every one of us have a spiritual vacuum for a God. It doesn't mean it's the right God, but we all have a spiritual vacuum for a God. And it's up to us to give them the right spiritual vacuum, or otherwise they're going to get polluted with wrong things. So that's why God says, listen, I come so that we can have reconciliation. And that's what he says. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. But how can the people hear the message of God's grace, love, acceptance, and forgiveness if we sit back on our blessed assurance? So God gives us a responsibility to be his hands and his feet extended all through, not only here in Siren and all the different communities around here, but also in Mexico. And that's why 28 of us went to Mexico and we shared the gospel. And we not only shared the gospel, but we worked with our hands. And how many of you know that action sometimes speaks louder than words? And I mean to tell you, these people worked hard. So what we're going to do, we're going to show you a video clip of a lot of things that we went through. It's going to be about 10 minutes. And then we're going to have people show you, uh, talk to you about the trip. It starts off with Pastor Steve sharing with you about a stone of what it represents there in, in Mexico. So go ahead. Mexico. Peace out. I love your bag. Love your bag. And this pond is in this shape because Tapestry's Life Ministries was given a gift of a priceless gemstone. Because this place is called the House of Gems, they said, what better place to give the biggest gemstone of North America than to the House of Gems? So it's going to go right there in the bond, and the waterfall falls in front of it, and on top of it we're putting on a bronze plaque that says, if you don't praise him, I will. The bank president called me and said, are you a 501c3 nonprofit uh, registered with federal government? I said, yes, I am. He said, well, send me that documentation. I have a gift for you. So I, I said, wow, okay. So I hung up and I went, whoa, I'm getting a U-Haul full of cash. Woo! <laughs> You know, please hear my heart, too. When I don't know what to do, I do nothing. Did you ever hear that joke that a flood came and a family got up on their roof and a boat came by and said, get in, we'll save you. And they said, no, we're going to believe God. He's going to save us. And then a motorboat came and he said, get in, we'll save you. He said, no, no, we're waiting for God. He's going to save us. And then a helicopter came and said, jump in, get the waters rising, we'll save you. And he said, no, we're waiting for God. He's going to save us. And then the Water continued rising and the family drowned. And they went before God and they said, God, we trusted you. We believed in you. What the heck? How come you didn't save us? And God said, what are you talking about? I sent you two boats and a helicopter. <laughs> so I don't know if that's the same thing with this. You know, 
am I going to stand before my father and he's going to go, Steve, Steve, I, I gave you a rock. Why didn't you build an orphanage with it? This is, I, I want you to understand something that, you know, you look around and not everything is perfect. But to me, it's absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Because people like yourselves came from Indonesia and Holland and France and Scotland and Peru and Canada and all across America, Germany, Spain, to work here. And uh, all I ask of every one of you this week is to do your labors unto the Lord. Do the best that you can. And if you do the best that you can, it'll be here forever. It will. Even if it's wrong, it'll be here forever. And I'll talk about you. Well, I remember that. What's going on? Jesus. 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 sanidad Señor porque tú eres el todopoderoso tú eres el médico de médicos tú eres el Señor tú eres el que sana tú eres el que levanta tú eres el que hace misericordia en el nombre poderoso de Jesús que es sobre todo nombre Señor lo ponemos en tus manos para sanidad para que tú te glorifiques de una manera preciosa y poderosa en medio de tu pueblo Señor ten misericordia de Sergio en esta hora Señor y que tú seas glorificado por medio de esta sanidad Señor en el nombre de Jesús en el nombre de Jesús. Hallelujah, 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 hallel
sweet, sweet sound. Oh, oh, oh. Ha, ha, the team if they'd come. So all the team, if you'd come, the team that would, come on, just everybody just come, and they're going to share a few. Just come on, guys. Chris, come on. You can, you're going to stay there, do that. You sure? Come on, Lauren. Come on up here. And this is part of the team that went. It, like I said, it was 28 of us. And so uh, come on up, and uh, let's give them a hand. They worked hard. Come on. They, they really worked hard. Amen. And so... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them share who want to share, and um, if, if maybe you have questions, but this, if you notice that shirt that John, when John comes up, that was the shirt that Steve was wearing, but John liked it so much that Steve gave it right off his back, so there it is. So he feels right at home in Mexico. Did you, that, did you notice that in the, in the video that Steve was wearing it? You, you're, you make a good impersonator, amen. And so... Uh, and Chaz, yeah, Chaz got his too. That's that's. A, can you tell we got Mexico blood in here? Look at that. I mean, Aliva, 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 Andre, Andre. Steve was kind of concerned. He was like, "Oh no, no, this is a good young man. I need to find him a wife. I got to dress him right." <laughs> so we're we're gonna we're gonna let. I don't know where we want to start. We'll start with Edie, and uh, we're gonna go down. Just take a couple minutes, guys, to share maybe something that's special to you or whatever. But this is our group, and introduce yourself, and then we'll start with you. All right. Okay, I'm Edie, and um, we worked hard. I mean, we really worked hard. We got up early, we had devotions, got on the bus, had breakfast, and then we were working until, I don't know, 5 or 6 o'clock, whatever. Anyways, what happens is, after about the third day, you kind of get tired, and you think. Okay, every night we have devotions also, and a teaching plus um, uh, sharing, okay? So you don't get to bed early either. However, see, God is so good. Okay, so you're thinking, okay, I have to wait for the hot water for the shower, so I'm going to be a little bit tight here and really kind of tired, so maybe I'll just kind of fudge and not go to devotions. Never happens. Never happens. Something happens. God, he just rejuvenates you, and he um, restores your strength. And I'm telling you, if you don't see the hand of God in Mexico down there, I mean, from beginning to end, and it hasn't ended yet, it is so super fabulous, super fabulous. So I would encourage anybody who would even think about going to go. So. All right. Um, I think we're done now after that one. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. My, my job for the week is uh, I had to dig holes um, uh, with Chaz. And for the first day, um, we finally got started probably about 10 o'clock. And the first day, we each got one hole dug. I mean, it was so hard that we were uh, chiseling out with uh, poles and sledgehammers and stuff. And the poles were so deep and the dirt so fine that post hole diggers didn't work. So you had to lay on the ground and use your hand to, to get the dirt out. 
Um, so we got one hole, each of us, four of us, got one hole dug the first day. Second day, we each got a hole dug. Um, the, that day then, by the end of the day, we ended up getting a pulsed hole, uh, an auger. And uh, by the end of the day, we had five holes dug. So that was, that made our lives a lot easier. But then I think the second day, we got the, the auger got stuck because of the rock. So we had to dig out the auger then, and it just ended up being all week that we, we were working on the parking lot. Um, so that was my job and Chaz's job, and I actually really enjoyed it, but uh, I'm glad I have soft dirt up here, so if I ever need to dig, <laughs> I don't have to dig that long. Um, what really inspired me was just hearing Steve talk and hearing his heart and hearing about provision and his dedication, and he talks about how I think he's been doing this for 30 years, but he's been building for 20. Is that right, Lisa? Close enough? Okay. Um, so, I mean, seeing that he's still been doing, that he's been following the Lord and just saying, wow, you know, uh, seeing what he's come from and also seeing his heart for the kids. He said he didn't want anything that was used. You know, it had to be brand new just because um, that just means, I mean, coming to kids that never have had anything of their own. I'm giving them that something brand new that they're opening up out of the package versus saying, hey, here's a pair of hand-me-down shoes. Um, just does something for their mentality. Hello, hello, I'm Erin. Um, my job during the week was to dig holes. Harlan would tell you a different story, but he told me to dig out this whole section with a pickaxe, and so I started going at it, and then he's like, no, you only had to do a little hole. So I wasted like two hours, but it was fun. I got to pick the X for the first time ever. And then I also helped lay the brick mortar all over the walls, and that was really fun, simple job. But it was fun to watch the progress throughout the week. But also what inspired me the most was just Steve's stories. He just had story after story after story of God's faithfulness. And he was talking about how, you know, most of the supplies that they needed, even when we were there, he needed $15,000 for the cement around the cafeteria. And by the time he made the video, the money already came in. And he just had story after story of that, and that was really cool. Um, I think one of the stories that stood out to me the most was he was talking about, I can't remember the exact stories, but there were some sick people that he went to pray for, and I know a couple of them came back to life, and he just talked about, like, speaking life into situations, and um, he talked about, I think he went to pray for, like, a little boy or a little girl that was in the hospital, I can't remember, you guys probably remember the story, but he just walked in there and, you know, spoke life, and he left it pretty much at that, and I'm pretty sure the kid was healed, if I remember correctly. So that was just really cool for me, and I've been trying to implement that, coming back, just speaking life over different situations in life. So it's a really good trip. I would encourage you all to come because you all missed out. <laughs> yep, I'm Chaz. Um, I had a wonderful time there. I, I was on the postal digger, and the second day I was kind of really, really tired because it, it, it's, it's, once you get down to the 25 inches or so, it's just concrete, basically, and you're trying to get it out. So me and Steve took a trip to town, and that's where I shared my testimony with him. And he was so impressed by that that <laughs> then when I shared my testimony in front of everybody on, what, I think it was Thursday, yeah, I, I had some trouble just doing that. And he, so I'd given my, my sexuality to God when I was about 15. So, and I kind of wavered on it a little bit. I still kept my chastity, but other stuff got in the way and all that. So, and so that was my testimony before. And he gave me this shirt because, because <laughs> not only do you have to be confident to wear it, <laughs> <laughs> but but he, he said if I go out with this shirt I will get a I'll get a woman and so 
So that's my testimony, and that's so. Yeah. <laughs> so. Any so. takers? <laughs> oh, I'm sure Karina would want to. But. Hi, I'm Jan. Uh, what impressed me the most about it, or what impacted me the most about it, was the whole picture during the whole week of Kingdom. I mean, the place is Kingdom. You walk. We have. We were all required to walk around that fence that you saw, well, the concrete wall. And walking there, I mean, you could just feel the presence of everyone that had gone before us and who will come after us because it's all in Jesus, so it's all we're all present there at the same time. Uh, we worshiped in a 25,000-member church in El Paso and then went across the border to a small Mexican church, didn't understand the language, but the sound of heaven was exactly the same. Kingdom is kingdom, whether it's there, the outpost here. And he, that's really, I mean, we've been back for a month, but I'm not back yet. <laughs> and, you know, he's still processing things for me. But I want to piggyback on what Pastor said before we started here about preparation. And he gave me this Friday uh, through someone else, actually, in a different context. But it really struck home, and he told me I was supposed to give this verse today. So I'm going to. And it's Matthew 25, 14, where he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, the parable of the talents. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Whatever he's calling you, whether it's to go to trapestries, to come up here on altar team, to go downstairs with the kids, to go to your neighbor, whatever it is, he's given you the goods. You got the goods to do it. Amen. You don't only got the goods, you got his goods. Amen. And I didn't want to go on this trip. You know, I was fudging on. I mean, I want to go everywhere. That's the problem. So... Uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but, <laughs> well, yeah, he gave me the goods. That's the bottom line. Uh, I didn't want to go because the teams I've been on, they've been small teams. They're in and out, lots of people. This one was big team, smaller amount of people, <laughs> you know, as far as seeing the people in the country and stuff. You know, it's not thousands. It was smaller group, you know doing the food giveaway. So I was kind of eh about it. That and going with 30 people at once, it was just kind of uh. <laughs> But I got the goods. He gave me his goods, and it's no problem. Do whatever he's putting on your heart to do. I'm Lucy. Um, I was surprised that I wanted to go on this mission trip, but I wanted to go pretty bad. Um, in the past, um, I have, I understand the importance of missions, but it had never been my thing. I just, to the point that on Mission Sundays, I would say, I'm not going to church. It's a waste of my time. Um, but when Pastor Steve was here and spoke the first time, uh, well, in, I don't know if it was the first time he was here, but in August, um, after he got done, I thought, man, it would be really cool to go down there and help out with that. And then um, a few weeks later, they announced that we were going to go down on a mission trip, and I could not get into that mission trip meeting fast enough. So the Lord definitely changed my heart in that area. Um, I had been told in the past that um, 
because I'd had a prophecy that I was like, oh, no, 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 that's never going to happen. Um, but I'd been told that if it really is from the Lord, that the Lord will change your heart when the time is right. So the Lord definitely changed my heart at the right time to go on this mission trip. Um, and my job was um, putting up Naughty Pine Tongue and Groove in the, in the, um, in the kitchen cafeteria area. Um, and, and that was interesting. I, I'm always, um, I'm handy, and I always enjoy working with wood and stuff like that. So that was, but that wasn't really impactful for me. The most impactful thing was um, Mercy Day when we um, collected food from um, a couple of different places that donated. We had a truckload and a trailer load of food, and we went down to this little church, um, which was really just a dirt lot in the slums of Juarez. Um, and they had put up a, a tent in the middle of that for the, the elderly and the handicapped so that they would be protected from the weather. Um, and this is, they'd already had their church and we're just finishing up with that when we got there and we unloaded all the food and just put it in a line. And um, just the people were already lined up all around the edges of that block um, of, or that lot um, waiting for us. And, and there was so many people and so many kids and um, just how thankful they were when they got this little bag of food and how thankful fit they were for the things that we brought them. Um, Lisa had warned us that we were going into a third world country, um, and so I expected things to be bad, but it was, uh, seeing how they live is just heart-wrenching. Um, so that was like the most impactful part, um, the fact that we were able to just give into their lives just a little bit. Um, I know Linda cannot talk today because she has lost her voice for the moment. So I'm going to say that um, one of the things that she did was she brought down uh, a, a big box full of brand new baby clothes um, to give away on Mercy Day. And so she's out there on her knees in this lot, um, digging in the box, giving things away. Um, and she had like infant and baby clothes, but there were kids around her that were eight, 10 years old waiting for something and she had nothing for them. She was heartbroken over that. But so we know when we go back, we're gonna bring stuff for all ages so that we can give something to everybody. That's my story. <laughs> well, I'm kind of, when Steve came last year, he looked at me, he said, you're gonna come, aren't you? And I just kind of looked at him and I says, no way in blank am I coming. <laughs> he said, well, I'm gonna pray you in. And thank you, Lisa, for not pushing, because the more somebody pushes, the more I'm going to I'm gonna plant my feet. <laughs> but God knew I wasn't going to be able to handle the hard labor work, so he put Linda and I in the kitchen, which is where, I'm, where I belong. That's where I'm most comfortable. I'm out of sight. But we got such a bond with the two Mexican women that were working in the kitchen, Sandra and Lapita. They're just sweetest people. I hated to leave them, just hated to. They let us go on a little tour, you know, walk around when we had time, and so we got to see what everybody was doing. Huh? And bring snacks to them. <laughs> but it was, it was such a blessing, and they, they are so grateful for anything you give. Just the $10 that we got to give to somebody, I saved mine. 
and I found somebody in the grocery store and gave it to her and her little baby. And I had Dan's, Dan's money went there too, so. But anyway, it was a blessing. And Diaz Te Bendingo. Bendiga. <laughs> God bless you. Okay, I'm Rudy. Linda's my wife. <laughs> she just wanted to get out of this. No. <laughs> uh, let me see. We, I went down. I wasn't planning on going down. Linda wanted to go, so I just wrote a line. But actually, it turned out to be a blessing. It was unbelievable. And uh, I don't know. It was Chris and John and Jeff and myself. We all put up curtain rods and the hangers, the brackets, and not the curtains yet. They're still being made in Minnesota someplace, I think. So. Uh, it was just a blessing to get to know everybody really personal. And, you know, when you spend a week together, for sure, it's, you get to know everybody. <laughs> and that was good. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a blessing. Hi, I'm Lauren. Um, one thing that kind of stuck out to me as we were driving to the House of Gems every day, I just thought of what it would be like for the kids as they first arrive. Because, um, you know, we drive through the little town and it's just so deserted and then the uh, orphanage is just out in the middle of the desert so there's nothing out there <laughs> so um, just you know driving up and just seeing how extravagant the house of gems is and just how much of a blessing that will be and then just taking my walk around the wall um, just hearing everyone work and just hearing the laughs and just hearing like <clears throat> in the future what it'll be like to have the 200 kids there and just all the laughing and um, fun playing that they're going to have there. And, but, yeah. I'm Mark. <laughs> this guy here, I got to share a room with him. Yeah. <laughs> and believe it or not, I was hearing stereo from him. <laughs> I'm now both ends. Oh, I wasn't? Sorry, don't forget it. But anyhow, I was in charge of... Uh, doing the electrical work in there uh, with me, Carlos, Tony, and Fernando. And we started doing the wiring, and it's like we couldn't get nothing to tone up. So I'm unloosening the boxes and looking up there, and it's like, ay, 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 what did I get into? <laughs> and it, 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 was, it was okay, but it was a mess. We got straightened out, and so everything's wired in there. The center of the cross, lights are all lit up and everything, and... The rest of them won't be lit up because they need to put uh, LED lights in there because the uh, balusters won't. The 110 that's going in there isn't enough to push through the balusters. So, but anyhow, I was a volunteer. I volunteered for driving because everybody else is scared to. I mean, but anyhow. Amen. <laughs> but uh, every time I came, we came back, my van always got pulled over through the metal detector, through every, every day. And part of the reason was that when I gave my testimony there was that it's got something to do with my past and what happened in my past, and it's, that's on my passport, so. And they, they, they told me straight out, that's the only reason, so. But it was a blessing that, you know, I got to share God with a couple of them over there, and one of them told me, because, you know, I told them that, uh, you know, I serve a living God, and and that uh, God wouldn't let me go through anything I couldn't handle. And he looked at me and says, wow, I wish other people would think that way. So, so and 
But it was a blessing all around. Mercy Day was excellent. You go there, and as we're driving up, seeing all these kids and hungry families standing around. And they kind of looked at us as, who are them people? We don't too sure about them. But the more you intermingled with them, the more you had fun out there, the more they opened up and started laughing, started smiling, started having fun. And then when they seen the food and everything else, they really lit up. And so it was, it was a blessing to serve them and just feel God's atmosphere in the whole place. I'm Jeff. Um, it was such a blessing to go on this trip. Last year, there were four of us that went <clears throat> to do the bunk beds, which you've all heard about, saw pictures and all this. But I remember Lisa telling me that it would change my life. And it did. And the blessing of the whole thing was four of us last year, 28 of our own team this year. And to me, Mercy Day was the best part of it. When you can go and pass out food to these little kids and their families. I mean, it's unreal. These little kids are, are dirty. It looks like they haven't had a bath in a month. And the trick is to get them to smile. And it was just a, that's the day I look forward to is going and handing out food. Um, no matter what it is in the line, last year I was the bean man, handing out bags of beans. This year I was doing uh, quarts of oil. So, cooking oil. But, it's such a blessing. So I encourage you to go because it will change your life. And I was one, from the day I accepted the Lord, I said, Lord, I do not want to end up in Africa in a mud hut. That is not me. I don't do that. <laughs> so last year was the first mission trip I went on in Mexico. I went this year. I can't wait till next year. Lord bless. Yeah, hallelujah. By the way, this is Lauren, and that's Aaron down there. It took me the whole week to remember their names. I thought I really accomplished something down there. But I was really blessed. But I'll end this this way. Uh, um, Janet and Everett. Everett was driving the van. And when we were coming out after we fed the people, we were following Steve doing 70 miles an hour through town, right, trying to keep up with him, and we ended up in the very back. We were the last van, so we were kind of lagging behind. <clears throat> and we come to this stoplight, and they're all going through this, this intersection that's as big as you could, you could play soccer on this intersection, right? And we get there. We just get be just before the light, and he's cruising, and... And Janet looks at him, he says, red light. And I look up, and the lights are red. And he put her to the floor, and we took <laughs> off across that intersection. And there was nobody out there but us. <laughs> and we cruised across and got through the other side. And I said, Everett, what in the world were you doing? He says, 
I'm not getting lost in a foreign country. He says, I will not be left behind. <laughs> and that's how, that was really exciting, I must say. You all, you go down there and follow Steve around, you, you know what I'm talking about. He's a mover, and I was blessed, and I was blessed last year, I'm blessed this year. And I couldn't stop talking if I started, so I'm not going to start except, except just saying thanks. Thanks for the memories, I guess, you know. It was really good. All you just a blessing. Amen. Well, I just want to, I know we've run out of time, so I'm just going to make sure that you know that there is a sign-up sheet out in the foyer, and so you can go ahead and already get signed up, and then I think after we get everybody signed up again, you know, because I know there's going to be at least 50 of you, you know, I mean, multiplication here, um, but I think we should talk Lisa into giving us Spanish lessons before we go next year. <laughs> Amen. Let's all stand. Can we do that? Thank you for the team. Let's show them our appreciation one more time. Can you do that? Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. We here at Adventure Church would really love to hear from you. You can connect with us online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at Adventure Church Siren or check out our website www.adventurechurchsiren.com